Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. Must be 21 or older. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, sports fans. Yeah, um, this coming weekend, if, if you don't know, it starts getting darker earlier, but it's already dark in certain portions of sports America. Charlotte, North Carolina, in two years, they've run through two of the top three draft picks from the 2018 draft, neither of whom was the main man at quarterback. Now, Matt Rule has been shown the door. You could be a Metropolitans fan, a glorious six-month stretch, 100 wins, all resigned to meaningless now by the San Diego Padres. Hearts out to Cousin Sal and all the Metropolitan fans out there. I think that's worse If I had to choose, it's like that question of which way would be worse to die, Um, like getting chewed up by dogs or drowning or like a long, protracted death. I don't know. Um, I think if I had to choose, I'll take the one-game playoff. I've been through that. At home, to to, to watch your team lose multiple times in a short series like that to render the preceding six months moot, that's a that's that that's grim stuff. Eddie Spaghetti, how say you on that one? It's so bad. I I, I would say I feel bad for Sal. Uh, I do feel bad for a lot of Mets fans, but Sal does like to you know talk a lot of crap, whether it's about the Yankees or the Giants or whatnot. So, mm. but uh, I know I mean a lot of my best friends are Mets fans. A lot of uh, people I know were at that game. They didn't sell out City Field, which is insane. Like, were were there too many Mets fans who are also Jets fans at MetLife? Who knows? Um, but yeah, they didn't sell out that game. And if you told me before the series just started, it's going to go three games. Then you think you have Degrom and you have Scherzer going right. in two or three of those. You're like, okay, well the Mets will win, even if they give the Padres one. Um, I thought the Mets were the better team. I thought the Mets were the more complete team in that series. It's brutal to have a hundred game, a hundred wins. It's brutal to to have a ten and a half game lead over the Braves. Uh, it's a pretty devastating series, and I hate to say the old cliche like that's just the Mets for you, but it really is. Like that's just the stink of the Mets always stays on them, even with this this great roster that a lot of people thought you know they were the best team in New York. Um, I'm not excited. I know October is the month that you're supposed to be excited, but you know with playoff baseball, with the Giants playing meaningful football, and then now with the Rangers coming back, who are their top you know four or five in odds to win the Cup, I want to like vomit all over the place. I, I can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> People vomit from nervousness. You're you're vomiting from euphoria. Interesting. Um, good for you. Um, Dodgers plus two sixty to win it all at this point. You can get that at Caesars. Astros right behind them at plus three eighty. Your Yanks five twenty five to win it, and the defending champion Braves at plus five fifty. Phillies and Padres way back there at uh, eleven to one each. There, my team was the Metropolitans based on exactly what you said, the one-two punch um, at starting pitcher, but I was wrong, and uh, that's the least of my worries right now. I say things are dark already in sports America, at least for some regions, and um, after 18 straight winning seasons without a losing record, my team is now 1-4. and four. They've lost to the Jets, they've lost to the Browns, they've lost to the Patriots, and now they've gotten not, they didn't lose to the Bills, that's one thing. They got humiliated by it, the sky is falling in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, You know, it's hard to make much sense of it, Eddie Spaghetti. Let's try to do that right now. Let's talk about all the highs 
very few of them really to talk about five weeks into this pro football season between the concussions and the the lousy offensive production, even the superstars, Rodgers and Brady and otherwise. It's all about defense, which I guess is fine if you like that. You certainly like that if you're a fan of America's team right now presenting five weeks in as the latest generational defense. The word generational thrown around quite a bit, but this defense might be good enough to carry the day in the NFC. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about all of it with our main man, Tyler Dunn, after a quick break. Caesar, Cleo, the Mannings, Henrik Lundqvist, and now yours truly, yes, minus three, is now a proud member of the Caesars empire. And your very first bet, it's on Caesars, up to $1,250. If you win, congrats. If you don't, you'll get it all back as a free bet. That first bet also gives you 1,000 tier credits and 1,000 reward credits, putting you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. So download the app, use promo code CZRFULL, Caesar full, and go full Caesar this season. 21 and older, must be physically present in, in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, uh, Iowa, Kansas, uh, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, and Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling, problem. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Virginia, West Virginia, PA. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or Maryland. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or in West Virginia. Call 1-800-GAMBLER.net in Arizona. 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. In Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. In Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. New York, 877-H-O-P-E-N-Y. Ontario, you can visit c-o-n-n-e-x-o-ontario.ca and in tennessee call or text the tennessee red line 1-800-889-9789 this podcast is proud to be supported by jets pizza the number one pick in detroit style pizza why it's simple jets is better with the thickest crispiest cheesiest detroit style pizza in the country there's no competition Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
Okay, here he is, everybody. He is the author of the brand new and spectacular football book. If you like football, you will like this book. I have said it before. I say it again. And I say it because I do not jive. I am sincere in saying that. The Blood and Guts, How Tight Ends Save Football. Also, he is the author of the great website, golongtd.com. Track down all his great pages. Great piece up there right now about the New York football gents and their improbable run here so far in the 2022 season. It's Tyler Dunn. What's the poop, fella? (laughs) It is always a pleasure to be sitting here talking ball with the one and only Sheck. God, I was thinking of you yesterday, though. That was... That was a beatdown of epic proportions, uh, one that I didn't think was going to be that bad. I mean, I live here in Buffalo. The Bills are oh, really, I think you're really talking good. about the Giants' beatdown of the Packers. Oh, you're talking about a different game. Oh, we can that. talk about that, too, because whew, that second half was uh, – man, they, they, they really uh, pants them out there in London in, in many ways. But, yeah, no, life is good. Uh, the book comes out October 18th. People can pre-order Amazon, uh, wherever you want to get your book. Uh, it was a lot of fun, man. Traveling the country, hanging out with all these tight ends. I can't thank you enough for giving it a look ahead of time, giving us an awesome recommendation. And I know it's always sincere from you. So I appreciate it. It's my way. I don't know how to jive. Um, but yes, it was fantastic. We talked, uh, you know, a couple weeks, months ago, um, about the book, just great stories about tight ends. So many characters uh, revealed there. Great stories. Like I say, bottom line is, if you enjoy hearing anecdotes from pro football players about pro football, you will love this book. Marvelous work, and also, like I say, uh, the ongoing good work of Tyler Dunn covering the game right now. Let's uh, jump in on the NFC, shall we? Talk about improbable. The results. So far throughout the division, I guess people thought the Cowboys were going to be good. But if I told you Dak Prescott would get hurt halfway through week one, I don't think everybody would have them where they are sitting, looking pretty good four and one. But look it up at the Philly Eagles. And they are the gents right there. If it weren't for the commies, we would really, really be over our skis about this division overall. What do you think here? My my new metaphor, whatever that I use um, as we advance now. I guess more or less at the third way point, one third through the regular season here is, is this a banana or a Twinkie? Is this going to sustain through the season like a Twinkie and never get old or will it uh, turn brown before next weekend? Let's start with Hmm. the controversy that felt to me ginned up as of a fortnight ago by Jerry Jones. I was asking, what are you doing, Jer? Why are you trying to stoke uh, controversy here. Obviously, Dak Prescott is getting the gig back as soon as he's ready. All of a sudden, though, I'm on the fence about what exactly is the best way to operate here. How say you on that one? It's hard to bench a quarterback who gets four wins in a row. And, and granted, quarterback wins, we can talk about what that even means uh, for hours on. And it means something, right? I mean, if you're if you're winning four games in a row, I don't care who you play in this league. That's really impressive. But it's Dak Prescott. It's 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 an investment. It's financial. I mean, that's kind of why we roll our eyes with Jerry Jones, right? He's he's talking about giving Ezekiel Elliott the ball thirty plus times a game and, and making him the focal point of the offense when to- Tony Pollard is clearly a better running back. So you take what Jerry Jones says and you kind of go, eh, whatever. But I'm with you. I mean, at this point, you do wonder: Do you really want to mess with a good thing? Do you really want to 
bench a quarterback who has only won you games? I say yes still. I say when Dak Prescott's ready, he's got to be your starting quarterback. If nothing else, maybe you really make sure that thumb is fully healed, that he's throwing the ba- throwing the ball the way he, he can throw the ball. He can grip the ball the way he wants. There's absolutely no need to rush him back whatsoever. When it, when it happened right against Tampa Bay, we're all thinking, holy cow, he's probably going to have to rush back there, right? This might be a Brett Favre situation playing with, with, with four good fingers. And if you want to stay in the hunt, he better be out there. Well, I think it's the exact opposite now. That's maybe the way you thread this needle if you're Dallas. You really ease him back. But when he's ready, he's your quarterback. He's Dak Prescott. He's a top I 10 guess. quarterback. I guess, and I am a pedigree snob, and obviously you go back to the guy who you're paying that level of bank to outside, instead of the backup who's had a nice miraculous run here. But to me, the consideration is, I mean, I, I guess if these were robots at playing, not human beings, I would say you definitely got to stick with Cooper Rush until he falls on his face, and then you bring in Dak Prescott. Um you know, and, and and you would think that someone of normal confidence level of a, of a human being would understand that. If you're Dak, Dak Prescott, you would say, I get it, coach. You know, don't don't fix what ain't broke here right now. But pro athletes have big egos. And I wonder if yeah. you say that if you're Jer and you hand that down. And let's be honest, I think he can do that to Mike McCarthy if he wants to. Um, he can dictate what it's going to be. I get saying like. I'm not pulling the. I, I, I'm not changing anything while we're in the midst of a four-game run here. Even going into Philly here, I just think the problem is that if you do that, you might lose your superstar quarterback, and then it might really cause a rift that is unfixable. I, I, I'm, I really, I you know, two weeks ago, I thought it was insane. I thought it was a loco idea, but I do think that the bottom line is, I'm ultimately, I think, on your side. Because it's the defense. We keep talking, it's a quarterback league, and this gets us sideways on our brain, but it's mm-hmm. the defense that is winning games in Dallas. And I think that's why you go back to Dak, because you know that the long term is brighter with number four in there, not with uh, with this Cooper Rush character. I was just going to say exactly that. It's how they're winning these games, right? If Cooper Rush is out there, dropping dimes, throwing for 350 yards and three, four touchdowns a game. You know, we're not even having this conversation. It's like, of course you just roll with them. It's Kurt Warner, right? Why, why would you bench Kurt Warner? You know, this is this, this magical quarterback that basically appeared out of thin air. It's not that like you factor in the sacks. He didn't even have a hundred yards passing against the Rams. Look, he played well enough to win. He made, you know, throw here and there that he had to make, but they're winning with Micah Parsons. They're winning with Dan Quinn. That defense, Trevon Diggs, they've, they've got studs on that side of the ball. It's Dak Prescott's team, right? I mean, unless you really want to oversell, overhype, just look at that first loss to Tampa Bay and and think, oh, he didn't look like the Dak of old. And that you can't do that, though. I mean, Dak Prescott statistically was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL last season. If you throw, I think you're optimistic about it if you're Dallas. If if your defense is playing this well and your offensive players are fighting this hard for a backup quarterback, you drop Dak Prescott into that equation. Now you're talking about a legitimate contender. I mean, now you're talking about a team that could get to the Super Bowl for the first time, or should say NFC Championship for the first time since 1995. It's realistic when you add the quarterback to that equation. So I don't know. It's fun for us to talk about. If Jerry Jones can just stay out of the damn way, 
they'll they'll play and start Dak Prescott and, and things will be really, really good. But if we've learned anything over the years, he's not going to stay out of the way. I mean, it probably does get ugly some way, somehow with the owner screwing things up. That's just what he does. Spoiler alert, um, a month from now, five weeks from now at latest, Dak Prescott will be back under center and this conversation will be relegated to the scrap heap of history. But in the meantime, you mentioned the Eagles. They still are above the Cowboys in the standings there. It summons 1980, Wilbert Montgomery, Ron Jaworski and company in the white jerseys playing in the vet against the Cowboys in their royal blue jerseys. Now, Sunday night, big time game, Eagles hosting the Cowboys. How say you about these Eagles and how sustainable is this? Is this more Arizona Cardinals of 2021 that this is a mirage or do you think that this carries through Thanksgiving and into the holiday season and maybe even to January with this team keeping the NFC East uh, command of the NFC East? It's so close because they're the Giants right there. It's, It's good times is the bottom line. And by the way, as a side note, as I distract myself with my uh, my dip into history there, it is amazing. Whatever else you say about the NFC East, it is, in my brain at least, the perennial most competitive division. They always play up or down to where the other three yeah. teams are, right? Like if if they're all eight and eight, I mean, if, if one of them's eight and eight, then they all are eight and eight. And if they're all good, then they're all like this is a this sets up to be a fascinating one. Do you think the Eagles? Stay where they are. Do the Giants stay slotted as a contender, at least for the division title? How say you? As much as I love how far the New York Giants have come, and we, we can get into that if you want, man. It was uh, quite illuminating to learn what life was like under Dave Gettleman's wrath for all involved. <laughs> it was worse than anybody thought last year. For them to be 4-1 and one, and for them to clean house – when this is an ownership group that doesn't like to do that, they'd rather be incestual and promote from within and run into the same problems again and again. I mean, that is a remarkable story in itself. But I, I think that Philadelphia is is the team to beat in this division. And I like your comparison to Arizona. In the last two years, the Cardinals starting so hot, playing so well for a couple months, and we're wondering, like, is this real? Is it? I think the huge difference is you look at the rosters of Arizona and Philadelphia. Arizona's roster, it's kind of rotting from within, Right. They, it, it was a mirage because you had this kind of wonky, weird, strange offense that is playing so fast and taking defenses by surprise. And DeAndre Hopkins is kind of bailing the offense out in a lot of spots, but they haven't really drafted well. They've had some signings backfire. The interior of that team isn't very good. It wasn't last year. Philly's a different story. I mean, they, they can kick your ass on the offensive line, the defensive line. Uh, they've, they've got playmakers all over the place. I mean, we can talk up the Giants for days. I still don't know how they didn't make it work with James Bradbury, one of the best cover corners in the league, makes the play of the game against Jacksonville a week ago. Uh, the, the best $10 million that you're going to spend in the NFL is on James Bradbury. Then offensively, I mean, Jalen Hurts isn't a caretaker anymore. He's not just this placeholder kind of distributing the ball. That was the case last year. He's He's making plays. I mean, he's – He's going to have one-on-one coverage with his running ability and Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell and everything they can do on the ground with what Nick Sirianni wants to do. The passing game doesn't have to be overly complex. You've got your one-on-ones with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. I mean, they can, they're going to out-jump and out-muscle and do whatever they want physically in that situation. And then you drop in Jalen Hurts, who's thick. I mean, his lower body, he, he's a little running back out there. I mean, he can run you over. 
there's a lot to love about this Eagles team. And I think done to the head, I, I would take them to win the division. And you have a, yeah, you have them on playing Sunday the NFC night. championship. You have them on. Oh Sunday yeah. I think, night. I think they win. No doubt about it. Um, you know, it's it, it's an interesting thing because I'm a big in the chicken or egg of player versus coach and which is more important to have. And ultimately, I'll, I'll stick with talent back to my point about Dak Prescott over Cooper Rush, ultimately. But it is it boy, it is jarring to look at what is essentially the same roster. I get it. Healthy Saquon is a is a major factor. Um, but a lot of the pieces are the same from 2021 to, to this season. So given that, you bring in Dable and company, and all of a sudden, the the Gents are a completely different team. Then you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, who had Andy Reid forever, and they were always good, and they were always relevant until the one season where all of a sudden they weren't, and they blow out, they blow out Andy Reid, which at the time felt vaguely appropriate, but also what are you doing? And you're getting histrionic and knee jerky here. And is that ultimately good? And if you ignored Philadelphia and just looked at Kansas City, the conclusion would be huge mistake, Philadelphia. Your loss is Casey's gain. We've never looked back with Alex Smith and then into the generational QB of Mahomes. And we are a juggernaut here in uh, in the Midwest, except that they blow out Andy Reid then they win a Super Bowl with Doug Peterson. Now he's been shown the door. Again, knee-jerk or otherwise. And now Nick Sirianni has him back. So it makes sense for me with... And, and, you know, then you can also factor in the Mike McCarthy thing. Oh, Mike McCarthy is, is holding back this Cowboys team. Well, with the backup QB, now they are sitting right there and relevant in the NFC playoff chase as, as it is a third of the way into the season. Um, and now all of a sudden in the copycat league, the copycat fans and copycat local media in Pittsburgh is calling for Mike Tomlin to get fired. This, I mean, it's, it's the house is on fire. Fight dude, fire Tomlin. He's overrated. Fire Matt Canada. Get out of, get out. Deontay Johnson. He needs to give his money back. The dude's no good. What's we going to do? Uh, th- this kind of stuff. I think people are losing their dignity, but okay, my, my pushback is always on that to go and get whom. If you if if Mike Tomlin got fired because well the thing he had going was the never having a losing season thing, um, okay fell on his face you know what fresh start the team isn't responding to his message, you know that did hold some water ultimately with Andy Reid and the Philadelphia Eagles as he maybe they wound up in a better spot. I am anti get rid of Mike Tomlin if only because not just because players seem receptive ultimately to what he's got going on and and his approach to things. But also because I always ask the question to do what, who are you going to get Matt rule? Are you going to go see if, if Nathaniel Hackett is ready to jump ship yet? There aren't that many options of people. How say you on this? I'm with you. I am with you, Shaq. I, I feel like Mike Tomlin is one of, if not the best, modern day coach in the NFL. And it feels weird to say that after they just got curb stopped 38 to three. And he's, you know, I mean, the field goals were ridiculous, right? I mean, 24 to three and 31 to three and you're kicking field goals when you can't stop Josh Allen. 
at that point, I mean, that was surrender. That was waving the white flag. That was giving up. I mean, what, what do you do? At that point, you, you just got to go for it every fourth down and onside kick every time because your defense can snap a nosebleed. Um, but you're right. Take a step back. Sleep on it. Deep breath. Mike Tomlin is a fantastic coach. I mean, I think that what everybody talks about all the time has weight to it. The fact that he just doesn't have a losing season. We'll see how this shakes out. But he does thread that needle of – Guys want to play for him. He's a player's coach. At the same time, does that matter though? In your experience in locker rooms, and and I'm I'm, I'm purely playing devil's damashek here because I am not on board. And it's funny that I am sliding into this weird minority of Steelers uh, uh, followers and wonks and all of that who are kind of like. Settle down, everybody. It's going to be okay with with uh, Coach Tomlin here. But there's some gathering momentum behind. Like he's lost the locker room. They're not responsive to what he's laying down at this point. How important is it that because the pushback is like, oh, players love him. P players love to be in that locker room. How relevant ultimately is that? Well, it's not just the fact that they love him, and it's like a country club atmosphere, like Rex Ryan had here in Buffalo, where you know you you see Rex Ryan's truck leaving the facility. At, 3.45 p.m. And guys love him, but it gets contentious behind the scenes. I mean, that's just his coaching style. I remember talking to Chad Greenway when, when he was the Vikings linebacker. Mike Tomlin's younger than a bunch of players. He said that those meetings they had were contentious, heated. They would go at it. I mean, he, he has thread that needle of, yeah, guys love him, but they love him because he's honest. He's up front. Like, if you're not good enough to get the job done, there's the door. And that pressure is there every single day. And you heard him after the game, Shaq. I mean, I felt that pressure in that press conference where, you know, jobs are going to be on the line at this rate. Coaches, players, everybody. He's not going to be afraid to make big decisions. He's already made one at quarterback. And it wasn't all on Trubisky. You know, I think there's a lot of Canada mixed in there, a lot of injuries mixed in there. But he, they needed a spark. They needed a quarterback willing to drive the ball down the field. I liked what I saw to pick it, which is weird to say when they scored three points. Quick release, athletic. You know, giving it to Shaq Lawson on, on, that, on the hit that he thought was dirty. All that stuff is good. Big picture, I think they have the right coach. I think he'd be stupid to get rid of Mike Tomlin. Like you said, what else is out there? I guess you can take a swing for the fences if you want, but but good luck. Good luck. I, I feel like they have a coach who checks all the boxes you need to check. My, my only question is like, all right, what's the long-term plan here? Like, what what is the plan? Teams that draft a quarterback in the middle of the first round and – and roll with that quarterback, you don't really know how that's going to shake out. So are they going to have to take five steps backward before they take one step forward? That, that's where it gets interesting the rest of the season. It could it could bottom out. And I'm burying the lead here because we talked earlier this season. I mean, I think T.J. Watt is the best player in football. And when you don't have that presence out there, it's they haven't won without him. So he, he's at least good for a couple wins this year. Maybe the conversation's totally different when he's forcing a fumble late in the fourth quarter to get you a win. I listen, you, you, you just said it all. And you started off with like, show the door. The door is my, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers right now for me, summon as often happens in many uh, instances in my life. I, I, I lean on the gangster movies of our lives. You know, I, I, the, the Godfather and Goodfellas and beyond. I am grappling just like all Steelers fans are right now with being suddenly a pigskin poor. This is unfamiliar territory Mm -hmm. to me, at least at the pro level. But the fire Tomlin, here's the thing with the Tomlin thing, that people say 
that they find vexing is that they know the Rooney family is philosophically against that, that they like to dig their heels in and, and they, lied, uh, they like to not be seen as flailing about for a solution. They're nice and steady. It's the most oft-mentioned thing in uh, on watching a football game right up there with Tom Brady as a sixth-round pick is the, that they've only had three coaches since 1969. But the fire, so people don't like that. They want change when things get bad, but it's we're, we're five games into one season, everybody. Fire Tomlin, fire, fire Canada, trade Claypool, take Deontay Johnson's money back. Since we're issue, issuing demands, Steelers fans, here's my advice to you. Act like a man. Listen to Vito Corleone. Stop, stop drowning me in your tears. What you can't do is do what fans are doing, and I think some players are doing, and even Tomlin, as you touched on. What you can't do is act like the guy on the other end of the line with De Niro and Goodfellas after Tommy got whacked. He's like, yeah. oh, we, we, we had a problem. We tried to do everything we could. He's gone. The season is gone. We couldn't do nothing about it. The season's gone. The Steelers are one and four. Things feel grave because they are grave for this season right now. Then again, T.J. Watt got hurt. T.J. Watt is the Steelers' best player. He is one of the five best non-quarterbacks in the league. The Steelers would be two and three right now at worst had T.J. Watt been out there and healthy for the full season. Things would not feel nearly as dire if, in fact, that was the case. That's not the case. But don't turn into Philadelphia fans. Don't. Uh, don't become so narcissistic and demanding about what you're entitled to that you start spooking coaches and players who otherwise might want to be in your town out of your town. Stop losing your dignity over this and acting histrionic. Look around the league. Just about every offense stinks. I know you just saw Josh Allen, one of the exceptions that proves the rule. But Tom Brady and the Buccaneers coming to town on Sunday are not winning games because of Tom Brady and that offense. Same goes for Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Defense is dominating right now. The Steelers wanted to dominate defensively, and then they lost their Jenga piece, the straw that stirs the drink, whatever you want to call them. Uh, the, the fire everybody solution is met for me with the response and go and hire whom? Who is it exactly that you see out there that's ready to fix this for the Pittsburgh Steelers? What bright... Uh, Sean McVay only has worked with so many guys who are 30 or younger right now and available to be hired right now. All that said, I have to say this as you listen to my monologue, Ty Dunn. Yeah, yeah, I, because I'm fired up reading, not, ju not just watching the game, but then reading and listening to the fallout from it. This goes to Mike Tomlin. I don't care what the local media says. I care what Ryan Clark says, who is the greatest advocate of Mike Tomlin. And love the next man up mentality. Um, as Tomlin says, the standard is the standard. But when you're down T.J. Watt, your best player, the approach cannot remain the approach. The team quit because they learned it by watching you, Tomlin, when you went for that field goal yep. at 24 to 3. That was waving the white flag. I don't understand what the thought was there. Um, if you, the bottom line is though, is this five games through with 12 left to go. If you want to get real, real mad, Yins, the team is not finishing with the first overall pick. You can wish for that all you want. TJ Watt isn't walking through that door now, but he is walking through that door. The O-line will improve. Pickett will continue to improve. Like it or not, now Yins can't leave. How about that? 
You're stuck with this team. This is not a team that's going to bottom out and fix itself via top five in the draft picks like the Jacksonville Jaguars or otherwise. This this team does not fall all the way back. How say you, Ty Dunn? Am I right about that? I... If I, if, you know, if you've got five dollars to spend, it's a good time to throw down on Pittsburgh making the playoffs right now because that wouldn't <laughs> surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. They get healthier. Pickett plays well. He's got some weapons around him. You sneak in with the extra team. Hey, there, there you go. There's your. I'm not even a gambler, but there's your gambling tip. I got one more uh, gangster movie comp for you though. Is you're talking about waving the white flag and surrender and your team kind of taking on the personality of your head coach. That is so true. I could not agree more. What about the Bronx tale? What about that scene where... That's what I just said. Now you just can't leave. Chaz Palminteri slams the door on the thugs. Now what are you going to do? And just beats that. Godfather, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Our team's one and four. We're no good. I'm embarrassed watching them grow up. (laughs) Godfather, what am I going to do? You can act like a man. (laughs) <laughs> that's a great scene but they gotta start kicking teams like that like that scene like, like that biker gang they had no shot and what does he he holds them right up and says I want you to look at my face I want you to remember me like that when the Steelers are at their best they're taking it to teams like that physically that's how they talked into this season at training camp you know talking to Cam Hayward he said that he had a lot of like deep conversations with Mike Tomlin that we want to be the black hat. We want to be the villain. Everybody's talking about offense and quarterbacks and all these receivers, all this fun stuff happened in the AFC. We want to take it to teams old fashioned way. Kicking those field goals. Isn't doing that. Like playing the way they're playing. Isn't doing that. So somehow the psychology of the team has to get back to where it was when they're at their best. And that, you know, Love Mike Tomlin. They'd be stupid to fire him. But you're right. He's he's not completely, you know, off the hook here. They they've got a coach different. He's not he's not a pro. He's not it it does really feel obstinate on his part. I get completely, as our guy Mark Caboli of the Athletics said on Sunday, the way the Dallas Cowboys are winning games is the way the Pittsburgh Steelers intended to win games. And you saw that plan play out in Cincinnati in week one. But what's the big difference there? T.J. Watt was in there. You cannot continue to win games when you don't have the Jenga piece who makes those plays happen. All right. I don't want to obsess too much because I know. But I do think they're a national team and always interesting. Well, and the fall, the, the as they say, the, 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 the larger you are, the harder you fall. And I think there are plenty of fans out there from football America who don't mind seeing and are fascinated at least by this, uh, this severe plummet by the Pittsburgh Steelers. But let's talk a little sunshine, shall we? Or uh, you know what? Before we talk sunshine quickly, misery loves company instead. How do you make sense of with this, you know, perennial ascent of offenses, all the rules you saw on Tom Brady get a bizarre one of the more bizarre and that's Ugh. really saying something one of the most bizarre roughing the passer calls in his favor on Sunday to survive the Atlanta Falcons but it doesn't erase the fact that that offense is not good and it has Tom Brady in it and it has Mike Evans in it and it has Lenny Fournette in it and now it has Chris Godwin in it and Green Bay has Aaron Rodgers and I don't care who the pass catchers are and I, I they have a one-two punch at running back that should be near unstoppable with the O-line in front of it why 
all of a sudden has 2020 year 2022 crashed into a defensive wall here? I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, you look at the college game and what's heading to the NFL and it's a lot of spread and it's been that way for, you know, 10, 15 years, but to the extreme these last few years, and I was just talking to you know, a scout about this and that little linebackers, you know, they're 220, 230 pounds. They're athletic, which is great. That's going to help you against the improvisational quarterback. But if there is a team out there that wants to win with some physicality, they can do it because guess what? A lot of the linebackers are lighter. A lot of the teams are coached through that finesse lens. I think you did see some of this last year where, you know, when Jonathan Taylor was really going and Bill Belichick had the Patriots on that win streak running the ball with a rookie quarterback and you know, A.J. Dillon was ramming through. So there, there was a period there where, okay, like old school football is kind of coming back. I still think that you can win that way. At the end of the day, though, I still come back to the fact I'd rather have a Patrick Mahomes and a Josh Allen and an absolute like monster of a quarterback. Give give me that above all else. But I do think that there is a lane. And to your point, I, I thought the Steelers, not to keep going back to the Steelers, I thought there was a lane for them to kind of win that way. We're seeing it with Dallas, and we're absolutely seeing it with Philly. Right? That, that's why Philly's winning so much. Hey, they can run the ball 40, 50 times. These teams can't handle it. Hey, they don't have the personnel to handle it. They don't have the play callers to handle it. It's like you know, bringing it back to 1995 isn't a bad thing. You've seen it around the NFL. I want to say it was – God, the New Orleans, right? Granted, Seattle, Seattle. New Orleans almost ran for like 300 yards yesterday with Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara. That, hey, it's and, and up until last week, Detroit's offense, they led the NFL in scoring just with straight up power. There is something to be said for having that element to your game. And I love it. I mean, I love it. And that's absolutely what I love most about football. Honestly, not, not to throw in a shameless plug, that's kind of the impetus for the book, The Blood and Guts, where we that, That's why we fall in love with football, the violence, the physicality, and how does that persevere through time? How, how does that – how is that preserved? How is that saved? I mean, that tight end position really does save it. I'm watching that, that Grady Jarrett penalty just like you, and my head's going to explode. I mean, my God, the NFL is trying to find a middle ground that does not exist. I mean, if you're going to call that a penalty, put flags on them. Be done with it, owners. Quit. It's over. There's no violence. There's no physicality. You know, you can run as many infomercials as you want telling us it's safe. It's not a safe game. That's okay. That's what guys sign up for. Look, the, the, the age of yesteryear where Jack Tatum's just decapitating people, thankfully, is over. I'm not advocating for that, the dismemberment of wide receivers. But it's kind of one of those things when you see it, you know what it is. When you, when you see a dirty hit, something that should be a flag, you know what it is. And for whatever reason, the NFL, I mean, every week there's one of these roughing the passer penalties that makes my head want to explode because it's changing football. I mean, that's really, it's going like to force head players to be over. soft. Your yeah. head's exploding because of concussions. There's an irony uh, in that. Listen, I hear you. you can't and I concussions, fun. though. You're never going to eliminate, unless you make it touch football. I hate to break it to people. There will be concussions. There will be injuries. It's, I it's, agree. It's a fact. Here's the thing. The the thing that doesn't solve it or do anything for it is when Carissa Thompson or otherwise talks in a serious voice. She she takes it down an octave and you know, like right. hey, well that was a great exciting was a great first half that we had here on Thursday night football. A lot of big points out there, but the injury that we saw. Now it's time to talk about that. A lot of touching of shoulders and empathy from like 
I was once concussed, and that's a spotlight. I mean, I the the performance of that, yeah, it, it is not resolving the issue. The question I do have about concussions, legitimately, it is, and you're not a doctor, so you wouldn't know. It's weird, but I'm going to say it anyway. The thing that is weird to me is. I've watched football for many, many moons now. I'm I'm a 34 year old man now, and I've been watching for for a long time. And um, thank you for for not even changing your face at that. But anyway, I was, um, oh, you know what? I was writing something down, check, and I tuned you out for about 2.1 seconds. Okay. That's fine. So That's fine. we're good. 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 Yeah. good. Now we're good. You could have said whatever you wanted is, there. Point is, I've watched for a long time. I've never seen until about like five, ten years ago, like. The the backboarding of players was there was a, there was a stretch a couple of years ago where it was like you couldn't watch a game without seeing at least one guy get backboarded and driven off the field and then those serious voices from the broadcast booth um, to uh, to commentate on it. Now it's like this weird new 2020 thing. It's like ga- guys get up and look like Trevor Burbick in the middle of the fight with Mike Tyson, where they get up and they're like all wobbly, yeah. like two, and they fall down. I don't remember. I mean, with the exception of one or two times in my life, ever seeing that. I mean, I remember Terry Bradshaw getting spiked on his head by Turkey Jones and Roger Staubach taking a hit and not being able to get up from it. But I mean, like, the fact of the matter is that the adjustment, part of the adjustment that is now required is the bigger, faster, stronger thing. But am I crazy? I mean, we didn't see guys getting knocked out cold on football fields 20 years ago. With the ubiquity we see it now, right? Or am I crazy? I was thinking about the same exact thing because, you know, here in Buffalo, Dane Jackson, it looked like his head was going to snap off his torso. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the more vicious collisions I think I've seen in my lifetime. And it was it was horrifying. We all saw it on primetime. And then what happens? He misses one game and he's playing. I mean, it, crazy, crazy. I mean, so... To answer your question, I wonder how much of it has to do with the, how we have every game at the tip of our finger, right? With red zone. I know. I, people say this, and they're like, well, because of the cameras, there are more cameras there, and they catch one. I don't think so. I don't think that's the okay. answer. Right, I mean, well, it's fine as a as a theory. I just I think we would have noticed. It doesn't hurt. I, I think we would have noticed if the guy was getting up and like, blah, like if there was one camera there, would have picked that up. You know? I don't remember... Right. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Lynn Dickey in 1986, like, I like, couldn't stand up after a hit. I, don't, I mean, but they're out there. Like, I just did a series on Don Mikowski last year, and there was a play against the Colts. I, never, I don't think anybody really remembers, knows. It's on YouTube, and it had, had like 200 views. And it's one of the most vicious, like, mm. like the dude, he gets piled driven on top of his head, and he just, he loses absolutely all control. It was, it, it's an injury that stayed with him for years, for decades. I think this stuff happened, but it wasn't like replayed a lot. We didn't really talk about it a lot. It's, it's pre, 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 pre social media, almost like pre ESPN. Um, but all right, to say, let's just, if it is happening more, a lot of it has to do with these guys are bigger, faster, stronger. The collisions are going to be more vicious. That's inevitable. And I think that's what the NFL is trying to guard against with the proliferation of flags and fines and all that. My problem is just, and we, yeah, I, I I think we connected because I just loved it when you pop on Adam Carolla's podcast. I mean, you guys had rapport. I love it. But Carolla makes his point a lot, right? We're we're going to safe spaces and octagons as a society. 
And we're moving more and more and more to these two polar opposite directions. And to your point on the Krista Thompson, like talking in this quiet, stern, serious voice, it's almost like the NFL, I think, especially this Grady Jarrett penalty, this asinine penalty got me thinking, they're trying to have both. They want to have the safe spaces. And they want to have the octagons. They don't want to piss off mom at home who's thinking about little Johnny playing football. But they still want the dude driving the Jeep, you know, who's a hard ass, you know, drinking 15 beers, watching the game to love their product too. And it's it's a balance. And they're trying to you know, appease everybody in the name of the almighty dollar when, to me, I just wish they'd be honest. Just be honest. It's, it's an unsafe game. It's a violent game. The play, You talk to any player. I do a show with Isaiah McKenzie. He was in the concussion protocol when we had him on the show this past week. He didn't play the next week because of this concussion. He said he couldn't even move after his concussion. He lost all movement, and he gets up, he runs off, and says, you know, I love getting hit. That's why I think I'm a good slot receiver. I'm unafraid of that collision. So it sounds a little callous to talk in these terms, but I think the NFL and pro football, maybe they're not going to come out and declare it at a press conference, but you have to look in the mirror and acknowledge as long as there's blocking and tackling, this is just what football is. And you got it right. And Joe Burrow said it and Kenny Pickett said it. The quarterbacks who are taking the hits are are probably wise to announce that, to say like, yeah, you didn't hurt me anyway. But it is, but there is something like, hey, it's football. You got to take some shots there. It's an honor to to be hit and tackle football. And just like NASCAR has restrictor plates, unless you're going to do that and slow down the athletes and not lift them, lift so many weights so that they get extra strong, what are you going to do to to modify that? They're running full speed and they're bigger than they were 25 years ago. It's going to lead to more injuries. And people say, it doesn't explain it. Yeah, it does. And that, here's, here, here's my analogy for that. Um, if you get hit by a car going that's going 11 miles an hour versus a car that's going 14 miles an hour, you're going to get hurt 3% more. And that is going to be the difference to your, your breakable mortal coil. That is the, that, that is the, the fact. People say, well, how big a difference could it make? A big one, as it turns out, if you're running, if the linebacker smacking you is 250 pounds and he's running a four six versus being a little smaller, a little slower, the the severity of the collision is slightly less, especially when you factor in that you're also running at full speed and you're a big dude too. Anyway, um, I think we've solved all the medical issues here. Last couple <laughs> things, fast. You're right, action. though. You're right. That's such a great point. I love it. Like, and you can. You know what? You can put these big Mars attacks, padded helmets on these guys in training camp all you want. The brain's still jiggling around in the skull. I don't think that's going to do anything. Concussions are going to happen. They can say the numbers are going down, but maybe they're just not getting reported as much. I think this Tua thing makes us open us our eyes. Like, all right, there's a lot of concussions out there that are being called back injuries. We just don't know it. So you can tell right. us concussion numbers are going down. I'm not going to believe it. Uh, fast action real quick here for you, and then we'll uh, we'll get you out of here. One – Back to the Giants where we started here. Danny Dimes, has he jammed up the organization? And Eddie Spaghetti jump in here too as our uh, resident Giants fan. Has he done enough to secure the second contract? And is that what you want if you're a Giants fan? Tyler, you go first. And then Spaghetti, you go second. Impressive to play through the ankle injury, the bloody hand. Brian Dayball is absolutely right to say the stats don't do him justice. That was maybe his, his best win as a quarterback, Daniel Jones. But Joe Shane, Brian Dayball, they've been this, through this before. They didn't. They inherited Daniel Jones. They didn't draft him. 
they're going to be very smart with this. I think they're just going to try to maximize every ounce of talent that they have in their current quarterback. And they are going to be unafraid to make a difficult decision and find their own quarterback when the time comes. I, oh, you think I'd so? still be surprised if, if Daniel Jones is the long-term answer. What if they're 10 and seven? I mean, they're, they're on track to be at least that let's say, let's say they, you know, let's say 11 and five playoffs, wild card round loss. Don't you have to keep Danny dimes or do you think that that's okay? Eddie spaghetti jump in here already. Would you? Well, I, I agree with what Ty was saying because like he's probably not the long-term answer for the future, but that by, by far was his best game. And he is playing right now with Richie James, David Sills, like Daniel Bellinger, a tight end. And like, sure. They still have Saquon doing his thing in the backfield, but like, he's not even really playing full strength yeah like they lost Sterling Shepard like they have Wanda Robinson played a half of football Canaries Tony I mean you know whatever his deal is but whatever he comes back that will help him improve his game and I, I just think like you're saying Shaq if they win you know nine ten games which I'm not sure if it's possible but there are some easy games coming up uh in a few weeks like I've read and listened to like maybe five to seven first round quarterbacks are they going to be in the position to take any of those top guys? Like, I don't know. They're putting themselves right. in kind of a quarterback purgatory. Um, I would not be shocked. They didn't pick up his option, but I wouldn't be shocked if they did a sort of thing where they took a quarterback, or, you know, and try to maybe move picks, move up, get one, and then keep Daniel Jones for another year, maybe a one, a one more year deal kind of thing, and just to keep him around. And then they move on the year after. But, um, you know, he's playing his – he's the, the best thing about him right now, he's not lighting up the stat sheet. He's playing football where you're, you're confident in him that he will make a play. He will get the first down either by his arm or his leg, and he's not turning the ball over. And I honestly can't ask for anything more than what he's doing right now. Yeah, it's a, it, it really is a fascinating spot, as you call it, QB purgatory, because, you know – what what are you going to do? You really going to tell the fan base and people marginalized like ah who cares what the fans think? But re- if he gets them to double digit wins, are you really going to make that move? That that, that uh, I, I don't know what the right answer is if you're a Giants fan. Next fast action question for you, Tyler Dunn. What's your solution to the field goals? We saw on Sunday night the ball go up over a goalpost. This is Adam Carolla's. This is the thing he's complaining for. He. It should be called. It's shame the devil that it's not. But just as a man of justice, I will always acknowledge it was his idea to raise the goalpost. Damashek's idea, put a bar across the top to match the horizontal crossbar underneath. Put it, make him go through a box. Too easy. Justin Tucker wins way too many games for that team. And a great question is, League average kicker versus Justin Tucker. How many fewer wins over the last 10 years do the Ravens have? How many fewer playoff appearances do they have? But the rectangle solves all. Then you don't, then the referees, don't, they don't even have to look at it anymore. And it's too easy anyway for these guys. How say you? I say we eliminate all kickers, all Ooh. punters. Just get rid of all of them. Right, you're not watching a hockey game and, and a three-point contest all of a sudden breaks out, right? Let, Get rid of all of them, and then we don't have to even have this conversation. But it is crazy with the technology we have today that that's still a thing, that it goes over one of the one of the uprights, and we're all debating what the heck just happened. Adam's been on it, like you said, for years and years and years. Uh, but, yeah, just 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 get rid of the kickers. That's, that's even bolder than my idea. Well, my other big idea is that you have to have p- position players kick, like in the olden days, head on, Ooh, too. If I you like bang the, the The solution also could be – 
Just no side winding. That's an illegal motion. You're not allowed to kick from the side. You have to head-on kick it the way uh, yeah. the way God intended when he invented the great game. Last thing is, as the man who wrote the book now on tight ends, and I can't encourage you enough to go and get it, as soon as you turn this off, in fact, you can even pause this right now and go on Amazon <laughs> and order up Tyler Dunn's great new book on tight ends. I'm sure you've answered this question as you make the rounds here talking about the book. Um, you've answered it a million times. Now answer it for the million and first. Your favorite guy to ever play the position. Who's the best and who's the best personality? Actually, you're the first to ask that. And it's a fantastic be. question, Chuck. I love it's it. It's the most and generic elementary question you can come up with. All right, go ahead. <laughs> you know what? The, I think the best tight end ever is Rob Gronkowski. That's correct. Up. Right here in Western New York playing mini sticks with his brothers in the basement. We've got some epic stories of how they just beat the snot out of each other as kids. Rob, they, hey, his younger brother thought he just, he killed Rob Gronkowski after one battle of pogs. I'll just say that by the book, get the full story. Uh, but he did it all, right? I mean, he's he's bashing people in the run game, breaking Kyle Vandenbosch's neck and not even really knowing it, and ending a dude's career in college inadvertently. A DB from Washington State runs directly in Rob Gronkowski, bounces off, suffers a concussion, and his career eventually ends a year later. I mean, an indomitable force that we, we've never seen. I don't know if we'll see again. And then he did it in the NFL. And I we'll see what happens. Gut feeling, I don't think he's done. I feel like if Tampa Bay is in it at the end of the year, if Tom calls – He's going to at least take that call and listen. Uh, but, yeah, he's the best ever. The most fun personality, Jeremy Shockey. Uh, we hung out down in Miami The stories Beach. are insane. Woo. Yes, The stories about Shockey are, are as much as we knew, as much as I knew, at least Shockey is like a cuckoo bird, wild guy. The stories in the book are, are still like, wow, I didn't even know. <laughs> I appreciate it. It was uh, it was something else, right? From from high school, just you know, knocking a guy out at the bar, and he he reenacted the whole scene at the bar we were at. You know, dodging the bottle that was thrown at him, and then basically just you know going right up to him and beating the hell out of him. From from that to the fight with Brandon Short in New York to saving a teammate's life in Carolina, which is it's out there, but we have the full detail on what happened with Ben Hart sockets. It's unbelievable how he just performed the Heimlich and, and saved a guy's life. Uh, yeah, Jeremy Shockey, was, we, we chatted for I don't know what it was, over three hours. And then, boom, he was out the bar, got on his scooter, and I was like, what, what the hell just happened? What, what, what just happened? It was mind-blowing on the field, off the field. I think everybody are gonna, will really love those stories from Jeremy Shockey. Um, okay, I'm going to squeeze in one bonus question because you referenced hockey up in Buffalo. Did the Sabes make the playoffs this year? They 100% make the playoffs, Dave. I, I think that this oh, really? team... All right. Well, why not? You're so confident we should we should make a wager on that. Let's do it. Let's do it. What do you want to, what, what do you want to bet? You're a hundred... I mean, you, you're being serious. You're not just being rah-rah. No, I'm, I'm in. Hmm. All right, let's contemplate that. Well, I have to figure... Listen, I have to figure it out with Eddie Spaghetti here because his rags, he's he's high on them, and I'm high on the Penguins this year, and who's going to finish or who's going to go further in the playoffs. Um, it would be fun to get some new blood in there. I do yeah. like that. I do think the Sabres are putting it together, it seems. But then again, I thought they were about to arrive two years ago, and I was way well, off. Well, addition by subtraction with Jack Eichel. He had to go. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Got to remove him. 
Now, addition by addition, go get yourself the blood and guts, how tight end, save football, buy our guy, Tyler Dunn. And while you're at it, go longtd.com, get a subscription or take a look at his free articles. Either way, you'll come out a winner and a little bit wiser <laughs> as a pro football fan. Tyler Dunn, you're the tops, Pally. Best wishes with the book. Great to, great to see you, man. Thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate you. Hey, let me squeeze in a quick break here. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. There he goes, Eddie Spaghetti. Final thoughts. You feeling optimistic then? Yeah, I mean, I'm feeling I, you know, any Giants fan would be lying to you if they said at this point, would they not agree to a four on one record? Um, you know, it's it's been unbelievable. It's been the, the best kind of start of a season they've had since, I think, 2009. Um, they didn't have this for the fourth win until the end of the year last year. And, you know, it's just it's a fun team. The coaching staff is great and it's very it's a tough division. I'm not sure about playoffs, but look, I'm enjoying the ride. It's it's great to play meaningful football. That's exactly right. When you get one of these magical seasons, imperfect though it may be, maybe you don't end up in the Super Bowl or otherwise, but at this point, who knows, maybe you do. It's fun when you don't see it coming like this. It's it's You, you can get swept up into it. Like we say, on the other hand, you have your Yanks to worry about now getting rolling here, but it's nice when you're on the other side, when you're not supposed to do it. It's only fun. The pressure of being uh, the team expected to do it, then it comes with the the weight, the gravity of, I guess, what Steelers fans are are now going through now. Not that anybody expected that to be a Super Bowl team, but one in four is uh, is the stuff of shame, apparently, for many on the banks of the Three Rivers. Anywho. Uh, best to the Yanks, best to everybody still standing in baseball. Uh, make sure you're following along all the great shows on the Extra Points Network. The boys on Against All Odds, Sal and Company, chopping up all the best bets in baseball and football. We're doing the same on Minus 3. And Extra Points with Cousin Sal and Marty Weiss, Eddie Spaghetti, and Jen Piacente getting you right for pro football fantasy with Waiver Wired. Soccer with Toby Mergler on uh, Uncovered in Glory. The Megans are making are, are making fun of sports, hysterical stuff there. Did I forget? Oh, Lemon Pepper Parlay with Will Blackman and Marty Weiss. Check it all out. We'll be back in about 72 hours from now to get you right for NFL Week 6. Until then, for Tyler Dunn and Eddie Spaghetti and everybody at Extra Points, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.